When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's episode 34. Yay! As always, I'm Helen. And I'm Kobe. Today I'm joined by Izzy and Tom. Hello. Hey, hey. And we're going to be reviewing The Breakfast Club. I hope you enjoy the show, guys. Remember, please visit us online at flixwatcher.tv. Come to our Twitter account, which is at flixwatcherpod. And please go to iTunes, subscribe and review. Warning, there will be spoilers. There will be bad language. As always, the films that we're reviewing were available to stream at the time of recording. So this episode of Flixwatcher Podcast has been brought to you by Geo Productions. And I have to say a massive thanks to Geo Productions. They've been holding my hand on Flixwatcher with Helen and I with their superb sexual editing skills. They're producing podcasters and helping podcasters like ourselves help them sound awesome. So we really want to big you guys up. And they said, if anyone out there wants to be a podcaster and wants their help, then reach out to them, podcast at glpro.co.uk and tell them that Flixwatcher sent you and you'll get 10% of your first package, of your first order. So you've got nothing to lose. Hello and welcome to Flix Watcher Podcast. Today we are joined by Izzy and Tom and we are going to be talking about The Breakfast Club. But before then, guests, would you like to say hello and tell us a little bit more about your podcasts and things you do? Yes, I am Izzy Lawrence. I'm a comedian and a podcaster. I do um, several podcasts. I do the Z-List Deadlist about obscure people from history. Don't you? And I do uh, Seti Sopo, which is a podcast where me and my friend Simon discuss the opposite of things that don't have a natural opposite. And I an do, example. Well, for example, what is the opposite of a motorway? Mmm, Taramasalata. Interesting. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and with me, or opposite me, Funnily enough, which is pretty good, is Segway. is Tom from Bake Off, who I also make a podcast with called the British Museum Membercast. That's right, Membercast, and it does make you think of a plastercast penis. Is that the no, idea? No. <laughs> no, no, it's not. I sat through so many things going, does. please, please call it this. I uh, did not name it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm Tom Guilford. I'm sometimes a baker, sometimes work for the British Museum where I work with Izzy on our awesome podcast, which tells yeah. people all about interesting figures from history and the awesome things in the British Museum collection. Yeah, it's pretty funky. So we're talking about the Breakfast Club. Don't you? I think at any point we should put a caveat, not caveat, a warning. Yeah. Any point during this podcast, guys, we're going to go into song. Forget <laughs> about me. And you won't be able to see it, but there'll be hands raised in the air. 
yeah punching the air that that happens and uh one diamond in our ear <laughs> but so, yeah so you chose a breakfast i did because i'd seen this film once before well with a bit of a hangover in a friend's flat after a night out and it was good i thought at the time and i thought i wanted to watch it again so i thought let's do this one how so, how old were you the first time around well i was probably about 25 so it was a while ago is that so is there a correct old, age lady to now. watch the breakfast club? Oh, no, it's too old. Age. I'd say, I'd say you, you want to be under if, eighteen. Or I think mm. you should be like fourteen seeing this film because it would change your fucking life. Other than <laughs> if you're if you're any older than fourteen, it's a bit like. I'm just going to translate those into your scores already. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Breakfast Club. What it is is pretty much it's about stereotypes. It's a stereotype. Of every single like kid in a high school, so you got the nerdy brainy one, you got the princess perfect one, you've got the weird freaky one, you've got the rebel criminal one, and you got the sporty jockey one. And what it is, they're all turning up on a Saturday to do their detention with the old fuddy duddy, you know, um, head teacher who's a bit of a dick. And they're all, you know, sat there and they have to write an essay about what makes them them. And it has to be a thousand words, which is way too long to write an essay, as we all know. They've got to spend the next five hours there and you just spend five hours with them, it seems. No, (laughs) you've got to spend five hours with them. And what happens is it's very quickly, they just break down all their own personal stereotypes about each other and they start off in conflicts and they keep returning to conflict but also spiralling out of it and in the end they all find themselves much more rounded characters and real friends but of course they live in a society which cannot possibly you know have them as friends exactly you cannot have a jock who's a friend with a freak who is you know a friend with a nerd it will never work but for this one brief moment they are the breakfast club and they are united and they can get off with each other and smoke pot together exactly they can do all of this and um it's and they can fall through ceilings and never tell you the answer to punchlines but yeah it's i think it's i don't i i don't quite understand why it's so hyped but I do I don't dislike it altogether. I think it's perfectly watchable. I do find teenage angst a bit tedious. Particularly the uh our Bender's character is incredibly tedious. But he does have quite nice clothes. So which apparently the actor turned up Judd Nelson. Yeah, that the actor. Turned up <laughs> to audition in. So that is the clothes he did his audition in, which is like pitch perfect. But and he also apparently stayed in character on the set. This is fun facts I know about the film. So he and went method. Got, yeah, he wow. went method and nearly so got he was fired. A total jerk yeah. all the time. And it, it's, it's only his fellow cast members that kept him in there because uh, they said it was fine. And he did, at the age of 25, end up kissing a 16 year old. So that's pretty sweet. That's what happened to my school all the time, though. Yeah. So that's that was just what, standard. Judd Apatow just Jod came in and started <laughs> kissing sixteen-year-olds. So that's terrible. Not Judd Apatow, uh, okay. Judd Nelson. Nelson, yeah. Nelson, whichever. Yes, sorry, <laughs> Judd, I'm getting confused. Judd. Judd. Yeah, I think you're saying Judd. method, but what you really described is someone turned up for an audition as themselves, and then was in a film as themselves, and then later in life exhibited the same violent sexual behaviour that they exhibited on set. Woohoo! <laughs> but it's right for the character, isn't it? <laughs> But yeah, it's a, it's, I, I really, uh, my, my favourite character is Brian, the brain, I think, because one, his mum drives a car, which is EMC squared, which I noticed this film, which I thought, wow, that's really laying it out. That is obvious. But no, I'm, no, it, it's not actually my favourite's the wrestler. He's, uh, he's, he's cute. Emilio Estevez. 
Emilio Estevez. Well, I was gonna, we're going to go to favorite characters later on. Okay, but, sorry. But that's sorry. fine. But yeah, so I, 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 I think it's, I mean, parts of it are funny. Parts of it are sweet. Parts of it are just a bit tedious. But I enjoyed it. I thought it was all right. I thought, I'm not, I'm not sad I'm watching this. I thought it was all right, as films go. Can we go to Tom next, please? Tom hates it. <laughs> I hate it. I absolutely hate it. We've got it up on. We've got some pictures up on the wall, and we've got the one as you see us as you want to see us, which is like the classic line out of it. Yeah. And I think that's so true. I think people watch this and they want it to be a really cool film, and they want all the people to be likable and really nice. And actually, they're all horrible. They're awful. They're some of the some there's some interesting bits in it, but this is a film where things happen in it and there's representations of women and there's representations of men and and particularly the sexual assault that takes place in the middle of the film that we're just supposed to see as jokes and banter and so many people when you say but what about the sexual assault that happens they're like what sexual assault so i think that you see us as you want to see us is a perfect tagline for this film because people want to pretend that this is the cool stereotype of high school that they wanted and they make this film into that okay so, before, so you, before you before you yeah explain. i think you should explain the sexual assault for yeah. people who've not seen the film and aren't going to see the film so there's i forget his name the uh the plant judd. shirt judd judd yeah. there's well, a bender bender there's a there's a scene where he's hiding under the table to to escape the teacher and having been a teacher myself i have more sympathy for that teacher than perhaps most people well, the and idea... I think the essay question is really sensible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a good way to express both creative and analytical writing. And, you know, could have been... You can really approach it in so many it. ways. Yeah, I mean, do. I watched You could write film. a poem, they you could do a drawing. They, they, did, they, did, they wrote it together, you see. It was teamwork. Yeah, but they didn't write a thousand words. They were like a sentence. They failed. I mean, I just watched this film and I think, just, just write the essay. Just stop all this nonsense and write the essay. But anyway, he's hiding under a desk. I think that sums up Tom. Molly Ringwald <laughs> is, is sat there in a dress. And what he does is lifts up her dress and he sticks his head up her dress and attempts to bite her in in the a privates. place you shouldn't be biting people. Yeah. And I think it's in the film. Um, it's unless just, they invite it. Indeed. If they want it. Which but gets, at the age of 16, even then, a bit iffy in certain states in America. No point in this film has she indicated that she wants to be anywhere near him. In fact, True. quite the opposite. She has made very clear that she does not want to be near him. And I think my, the troubling bit about that, and I think you've got to remember this. I mean, this film was made before I was born. Mm. It is, it's dated, but we should be careful about it. It's not a symptom of the time. I think it's really easy to be like, oh, well, it was made in a different time. But this film is seen as so iconic and so heralded by people that actually it's the perfect thing to pick it up. And I think particularly with what's going on in the news at the moment about Feinstein and things like this, it's exactly what? that sort of like, yeah, sexualized violent culture towards a young female actress and having i didn't know he was doing it method and having been told it's method that makes me question things a little bit more i think one thing there as well is that later on in the film she goes into the cupboard where he's been banished by the teacher and they make out so yeah. it kind of becomes oh okay everything's okay now yeah it's fine yeah well it's, it's not fine but there are worse examples of that than oh, this absolutely. And other films, but things like Dead Poet Society. Oh God, which yeah. is which is terrific. So explain what happens in Dead Poet Society. Dead Poet Society: A boy sees a girl, decides he's in love with her, touches her up while she's unconscious, so that his her boyfriend beats him up. Says he's in love with her, humiliates her in school. She comes to the, his school and says, "Please, can you stop doing this?" He says, "I will if you go on a date with me." They go on a date, and it's all fine. 
And again, the, the reason that's kind of quite dangerous for a film is Quite dangerous. I mean, very, it's way more dangerous, dangerous than this. I'm, I'm not sure about... No, no, it is. I think the, the thing that upsets me about this scene, particularly in this film, is how many people don't remember it. How many people exactly. go, I've what? seen this film at least twice before I rewatched it. And I rewatched it and went, interesting. I mm. can't remember this, but I'm watching this film now and it's quite an uncomfortable watch. Yeah. And it's not quite how I thought I remembered I mean, it I'd or say... how anyone has kind of brought this up as being... Because we've been big fans of Hadley Freeman and her life moves pretty fast and she brings up quite a lot of things wrong with John Hughes films, particularly racism in... Racism, homophobia mm-hmm. and, yeah, and, and rape. And uh, seems to be a kind of yeah. these mm-hmm. themes running through John Hughes films. But then she also talks about the 80s being quite liberated in terms of female empowerment in films, which is true when, when she goes back through it. But this, she doesn't really talk about this scene in the, in the no. book. No, read... it's kind of... it's. Seems like everyone's just gone, yeah, it's in it, but we're not going to mention it or bring it to anyone's attention. Because it's, it's kind of played off in the joke as kind of like funny, isn't it? It's like, oh, mm. he's just put his head in her pants. I oh. think that's what's troubling about it because actually there's some really quite... This film, I think, could be a play. You know, actually, I think they rehearsed it as a play before they filmed it several times. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a bottle it's episode. It's also, yeah. interestingly, for filmmakers out there, it's also films, unlike any other film, in sequence. Mm. So every single bit of film happens in sequence, which is, and that is why you get so many improvised bits and everything else is because the actors are really, you know, because some of them are only kids. I think three of them are in their 20s. The other two are, you know, kids. And it's, um, I think it works and it feels more real because of that. And I think, yeah, and it, as a stylized and, and the actual film production, there's but, some, it's an excellent made. But that's why that scene, I think, is more troubling, perhaps, because mm. while you get the, you know, there's, this, there's the scene where they're all sat around and she's talking I about mean, the relationship with her father and we have a conversation uh, about suicide and all sorts of really deep things are explored. And that that is so jovial sits in real contrast to the other things. It is that jovial, really. I mean, I mean. I'd say I'd say it's you know what he says is much you know worse than what he does. I can't remember the line. What's the line? Oh, well, just continually. Oh yeah, just continually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, and basically that bit where she says "Don't laugh" and puts you know lipstick on you know while her things in her cleavage and that sort of thing, and his reaction to that I think is much that you know that is much worse. I mean, he's not portrayed as a nice dude. Mm. And I think he's portrayed as a sympathetic character. I think yeah. we're supposed to feel sympathy for him. I think you you feel more sympathy for him the more you find out about him. But he does threaten, you know, he does threaten to kill. Well, he pulls out a knife, a switchblade. Which blade. is worse, yeah. Yeah. I'd say, than I think that's also an assault. Oh, totally. This, I this mean, is, but I think that's my, that's my problem. That... He's so easily forgiven just yeah. because, oh, he's got a bad life. Mm. Yeah, we're all... or maybe he hasn't. Maybe he's but lying I don't think about the point it. Because we never... don't really get any. He's not. He's he's. It it is that sort of. I I, I don't think. I don't think he. I, I mean, maybe I'm just reading it wrong. Maybe I'm just there, just going. He's the dick one, and maybe that's well, is the, the dick thing one. is he's, he's the, the dick one. He's funny. One. He's funny. You know, the bits of it when he is funny, but you're um because he winds up the teacher, and that's always funny. No, so that's what not. I'm doing it's right now. Terrible. That's what I'm doing terrible. right now. But Teachers I mean, are there are people. very comic scenes in. I mean, that bit we're trying to keep the door open is hilarious. It's really funny. There are, and he is, you know, and he is a, 
horrible things are said to him and you kind of agree with them. And then they kind of, it, he allows them to show their humanity by, you know, opening up to him and having him slam that in their face. <laughs> I don't know. But I've, I've, made, I've obviously misread the film slightly because I, I don't really see him as overly sympathetic. And I just see her just going, yeah, you will annoy my dad. Well, I think, no, what, yeah, what <laughs> happens is initially he's just out and out he's a dick and no yeah. one no one likes him but then he comes back and says you know i've been burnt by a, a yeah. cigar my yeah, life but he is does hard that in a very you know yeah but that's but that's the kind of like okay so he's had a hard life and, and he makes it a competition about who's had the toughest yeah. life mm. so i think that's his that's why people get back on his side and it's like okay let's give him some let's give him some leeway which but it, still... you know it, it, it explains it makes him slightly more of a rounded character but he's still a dick. <laughs> I mean, I wonder as well, like this club is, uh, sorry, this club, this film is seen as often as like the archetypal teenage But because film. it sets out those stereotypes. Yeah. But I also wonder, it, it's difficult, I think, when I when I look at other films, we, we were talking before the podcast, there's time before the what? podcast. No about, time existed before now. I think the better remake of The Breakfast Club is is the new, uh, the new Power Rangers film, which was banned Obviously. by Stalin. Not Stalin. <laughs> Putin. Might as well be Stalin. Yeah. Putin. For having too much homosexuality in it because one character maybe mentions that she maybe likes girls possibly which has the same stereotypes even has them all meeting in detention and things like that so it's had such a significant influence but therefore we should remember that's also the beginning so when going oh he's the dick one well before this film was there a dick one or is yeah, he is he the society. is he the uh dick man <laughs> is he the uh well, horrible person so helen what we, Sorry, Helen. What we was your <laughs> What were your thoughts before going into? Because I think we were probably on the same kind of page before rewatching it. Yeah, I mean, I've got a friend who absolutely loves this film, like massively loves it, and I think it was probably her who said, "Oh, you just really watched this many years ago." And going in back into it, I was like, "Oh, yeah, I could probably do with rewatching this." You know, I seem to remember it being kind of interesting and they do like some wacky dancing in it they and do. I quite like Ali Sheedy in it but yeah I really I really didn't enjoy it I thought it was quite boring I think I it's didn't remember to be, yeah Is it? well the, the bits at the beginning it's supposed and to be I, dull, I thought I remembered it being funnier and a bit more kind of John Husey than it actually is but yeah the salami hitting the statue it's yeah, funny. I don't know. It's. I watched it and thought, oh, I don't think I like this film. I think I'm, I'm I think a It's a bit uneasy. It's an uneasy watch. And the fact that I'd completely just forgotten about, you know, the sexual assault is, it is, it is troubling that it's in this film and no one seems to sort of talk about it. Well, it's quite... and I think everyone goes, oh yeah, it's really, really good. And I sort of went, when did you watch it last? Mm. That's why I noticed you asked uh, Issy that. When did yeah. you, when when did did you, you first watch it? How old were you when you watched it? It is when I you know, last did watch it. I, I mean, the sexual assault thing, I, it didn't... The thing that went through my mind as, as a girl, thinking, what if they, he did that when I was 16, there's no guarantee there would be a load of pubes. That is... <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean I'm just like I mean it's wow, unrealistic she keeps... and offensive exactly yeah. it was it was the realism of it that I was just like okay well she is a she is a, a far more classy bird than I was at 16 but uh, <laughs> that is what I was that 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 is where my brain went because I obviously don't recognise the plight of <laughs> well, one, but, um... one thing that Hadley Freeman talks about in her book about is the only thing that she kind of brings up as a negative was the is the bit where Ali Sheedy, who's the my, makeover. Is my yeah, favorite, the makeover, is my favorite character, Ali Sheedy in this film. And she looks like a doll. And yeah, she comes out 
after a dab of make a dab yeah. of makeup, she looking, her hair. Yeah, yeah, looking quote unquote like a what would be a prom queen. But she's the only character that had any kind of interest for me the whole whole way through. Rewatching it, and I think that's about. I mean, maybe you should say it's like your your woke viewing of the Breakfast Club will be a very different one from from before that. <laughs> well, possibly, when you, because I think similarly, like if that was done today, if we remade the Breakfast Club today, you'd you it might leave be, in that sexual be... assault, but you'd handle it very, very, very differently. Mm. You might leave in a bunch of people pressuring someone to change their self expression, but you'd handle it very, very, very differently. So it's not that these. Oh, I don't know that that reveal of the beautiful girl coming down the stairs is a pastiche. I mean, it's oh, it's a trope. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's in every. Well, John know, John Hughes Harry does Potter, it. You know, loads of times. Um, pretty in pink. Exactly. It's it's the classic thing of plain girl make a sexy, which is usually taking the hair out of her face and removing glasses, smoothing things down. It, I mean, it's the taming of the shrew, isn't it? Yeah, mm. basically. So it's not. I wouldn't. I mean, that's not, that is, all I see is teenagers experimenting with, you know, that's just, you know, it's a makeover. That's it, so teenage. I think that's it is. an important expression. And boys do react like that when. It is very, you, it's very teenage and it's very accurate. <laughs> having worked in high schools, it's very accurate to what happens. Mm-hmm. But that's where I think there isn't, there's other bits of this film where there's commentary on things. So when they're sat in the circle on the upper layer of the library and they're all talking about it and that's where the suicide comes out, yeah. that we're, we're, we're engaged in social commentary. It's a very but tense it, scene. It's close. The makeover, the sexual assault and other no, parts of this, there's no commentary. made light of too because the whole thing, it falls down the fact that he's clumsy. But that's, a, I, I think that's... As light I think that's relief. A, yeah, there's a tension break there from a serious mm. bit. Whereas the makeover is like, we're supposed to be like, yeah, she does look pretty now. Isn't that nice? It's not supposed to be like, why did they do that? No, I, I thought I thought the fact, no, because you're, you're misreading her facial characteristic there. Because <laughs> she is not, she's just, she instead of her going sort of like, I'm pretty now, I'm a lady. She's going, it's still me. She's pulling faces while she's doing it. She's yeah. not comfortable with it. She's not comfortable, but she's not. She's not comfortable in sense. She's not there just going, "Oh, hide me. I feel scared, and I'm uncomfortable." She's going, "I look like an idiot." And it. And I'd say I think you're misreading. I think no. the way she portrays that's quite good, because if if you look, she literally does this face, <laughs> and that face is not I'm sexy and I'm trying to be like all sort of like this now. This is just like mm, I could do this. That too. face is I feel silly. It's yeah. not why did you do this to me? Yeah. Before. They do the makeover scene in that circle, mm-hmm. scene that yeah. you're talking about. One one interesting question that came up was the brains played by I think Anthony mm. Michael Hall was saying, mm. "I consider you all friends now. What's going to happen on Monday? You're going to yeah. are going to be able to talk to each other?" And they were like, "Nope." They're like, "Yeah, no, that's not going to happen." Yeah. But then because of that makeover, Emilio Estevez is like, "Hold on, actually, I can put my tongue in your face now." Mm-hmm. Is that? And that's the kind of thing. That's what I took against, and it's quite interesting hearing you, Tom, say that. As a kid, in schools, that's completely what happens. And that, that made me kind of think back to when I watched this first. I didn't, this wasn't my favorite kind of 80s kids, 80s film as a kid. It was kind of lower down there. I, was, I preferred things like Say Anything and with John Cusack and Ferris Bueller's Day Off is still one of my favorite films ever. This was always like towards the bottom of the pack. But thinking about how I actually was now as a teenager, fucking all those hormones just running around and someone does something slightly different you're like hello what's going on there so it's, it's it is probably true to life but in a way that i don't like to admit it but i don't like the way it happens it's, i don't know i think it's i think it's 
I mean, I look at that and I think that's perfectly harmless. You know, to be honest. Are you? you know, girl, yeah, because that's what kind of that is experience as a girl is is you got a lot of male friends. You suddenly put on a frock and they all go for. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is kind of you know that's what happens, and then you get hit on by somebody and you just go, dude ages ago and they're like oh yeah oh it's you oh uh, that's weird but that's <laughs> i thought it was quite sweet i don't I, mean, I thought that that in particular i don't i don't see anything i don't see anything wrong with that other than because i mean bless him the whole point of him is he can't think for himself somebody even says that for him what's mm. your problem i can't think for myself mm. and then so obviously he can't see something obvious in front of him until somebody goes look here it is in a pretty box you know and <laughs> It's that doesn't devalue his emotion. That just says he has a hard time noticing stuff, <laughs> but he's very good at takedowns. By the way, there is no way that his takedown that he did of Judd in that bit and of Bender would have kept him down. That he could have easily spiraled up and stood up. So we should say by, ta- by takedowns, you mean actually a physical takedown, yeah. and should explain that you're yeah. a judo expert. I'm not a judo expert. I'm not. I'm not an expert. So I'm green jiu-jitsu. belt. Yeah, I'm a green belt. <laughs> Franco, I, I want a purple belt so bad. But yeah, it's um no. I think that's. I think those two characters in particular are very well done and very sympathetic and lovely. Should we talk about the fa- people's favorite characters before we go into the scores? Oh, you see, I, I'm now saying him. I think he's lovely. Uh, he's just and what, he's got ickle mus- he's got ickle muscles and he's all like and I hurt a kid and he he recognises the pain he's caused and he's like I don't know why I did it I just want my daddy to love me which if Donald Trump just recognised that the world would be a better place I can see Donald Trump being part of this group yeah he would fit in he would yeah he might be wearing plaid I think but no at this age he'd have been one of the teachers unfortunately but, um, <laughs> the janitor's an interesting character we haven't mentioned as well True. janitor yeah. is like the narrator who knows everything and can see past everybody's stereotypes it's quite a useful character to be there and the teacher who's brilliant he's brilliant and he is except he doesn't he just goes kids I'm going to be a bro- I'm going to be across the hall yeah everything's going to be fine and if he was if it was that much, obviously just take an issue with the film, which, you know, it's not the point here. Mm-hmm. If it was that much of a thing that he needed to keep an eye on them, he'd just be in the room with them. No, that, he wouldn't. That, that bit, own. as a teacher, I was like, why would you go, what is wrong with because you? Because he's looking at... Fail, four. You would bring all of your marking and you would sit in front of them yeah. and go, or you'd carry on reading a right. naughty magazine by the desk. But I accept it would not be a film yeah. if that happened. Yeah. Tom, who's your favourite character? I think it, it probably the brain, but I forget his character's name, which is ne- never good. Brian. Brian. It is. <laughs> it is Brian. It's right, genius. That is that is partly why this this film is so satisfying. <laughs> yeah. Because it's so complex. Uh, yeah. No, I really like him. I think he he of everyone he he's quite sympathetic. He's and... all, it's good acting as well. Yeah. That kid's like young. He's oh, probably yeah, yeah, one yeah. of the youngest there, and he's he's holding he's holding his own with some really good actors. And I think he. My heart breaks watching him in, in parts of this. And, and there's almost this thing of that was the most surprising bit for me was that I thought that he was going to come in and it was just going to be like, I don't know, he'd like done something ridiculous. And having, I knew about this from popular culture, but I'd never seen it. And then realizing, wow, he's, he's in here for something radically different to everybody mm. else. I didn't expect it. Like completely threw me. And I thought the fact that that actor played that so well and, and made me have such sympathy for it. For what is actually quite a ludicrous thing. So if this has been refilmed now, he could potentially have been, you know, we need to talk about Kevin and actually he would have 
not been in the breakfast club because he would have shot people or the or the coder to it who is that he would have He'd actually be on done ADHD it. medicine. Well, no, because yeah. I think he's. I mean, that's the thing. There is the implication: was he bringing it in to shoot someone else, or was he bringing it in to shoot himself? Right. And I think my, I thought that he definitely was bringing it in. To or shoot or both. That's how these things tend to happen, isn't it? Yeah, but he brought a flare gun, right? Am I not wrong? Yeah, but that's what I'm yeah. saying. If it had been redone, it'd be oh, yeah. a real yeah, gun. Yeah. And people would have been downed and he would have taken himself out. Yeah. Helen. I can't remember her actual name, but I like Ali Sheedy's character in it. I think no. her name's Allison. Allison. Yeah. 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 Yes. My favourite character too. Yeah. Before before the makeover. Before the makeover. Yeah. yeah. Is it just, just the way she makes sandwiches? She's just weird. <laughs> and she just doesn't and she's weird and she doesn't really care. Yeah. Well no, I think she does care. What? That people think she's weird, yeah. or she is. Yeah, but, but she the weird wants on. them to think she weird. She's weird, so she does care about it. Because there are bits where she goes, "I'm a, you know, I'm a not not what she say." I'm a nymphomaniac. Yeah, are you Kobe? But what does she say? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> but That's no, just she like does say school things again. like that. Yeah, I mean, I think anyone... and she does take she does take joy in shocking people. Yeah, so yeah, I'm kind not of fun. For anything. Yeah, no, she is fun. No, no, don't get me wrong, but don't. She does care what people think. Which is why when she dresses up and she gets a reaction, she reacts to the reaction and goes, ha, 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 attention. <laughs> One thing you can say about them all is they are all deeply insecure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. teenagers. They're teenagers. Yeah. But the thing is... <laughs> not all of them are. Some of them are horrifyingly confident. No, they're not. <laughs> Let's go to this. find a way to break them. It's popcorn. It's popcorn shit. Popcorn shit time, baby. We we haven't practiced that, and you can tell. Because we're apologizing for that now. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. But we just want to sing the praises of popcorn shit because it's super tasty. We've got some rich chocolate flavor, which is, what was it? Chocolate caramel. With Belgian milk chocolate, so not any chocolate. Belgian milk chocolate. And it is very much like having a bowl of Cocoa Pops. I'm just going to do a crunch test right now. Hold on. I think that's about 9.8 on the crunchometer. Yeah, it's good. It's very, very, very chocolatey. And I just read on here, it may contain the occasional unpopped kernel, but don't worry about that if you've got any worries about popcorn. So I should say, if you're you're allergic to chocolate, this is not the one for you because there's, there's tons of chocolate. There's millions of chocolate in every single bite. To the chin of Toys R Us. Go to popcornshed.com and get the popcorn because it's super tasty and find them online. Popcorn Shed. Pop. Let's go to the scores. Okay. Yeah, Alice Sheed is my favourite as well. Yeah. Alison, we think. Alison. We think it's Alison. I think it's Alison. We'll find out. We'll put the links to IMDb. Yeah. Full cast and crew, guys. I can't remember the wrestler's name at all, even though he's my favourite, because he's just so... He's just so, I will do this now. (laughs) And he dances best. So, the scoring system. First up is the recommendability. Scores are out of five. Izzy, we'll start with you. I'll give it a four. I think, you know, I got recommended it by friends with a hangover. I watched it. I wasn't disappointed watching it again. I'm less... I'm obviously more um, able to cope with sexual assaults. And everybody, which is a bad thing, but no, that didn't. That honestly didn't shock or bother me overly. But it was more the uh, the verbal stuff I thought was horrific, but also I thought it was quite accurate. Mm. Tom, I'd give this a two. It is a 
really, really well-made film in many ways. I think it's beautifully shot. I think it's beautifully acted. And I think... And the dancing. And the dancing is not my favourite bit. But (laughs) the the direction of this film is is top-notch in many, many places. But it is morally dated. And the moral dating for me means that I would say, yeah, watch it, but with a big pinch of salt. See, this is tricky because if had I not rewatched it again, I probably would have gone a bit higher and gone, yeah, it's a classic. You mm. should totally watch it. I'm going to go for a three because if you haven't seen it and it's on your list, you probably should give it a go. And also, if you saw it when you were about 14 or 15 and you've not seen it since, I think you should probably give it a revisit and see see what you think of it and let us know. Yeah. So I'm kind of interested to find out people who... Have forgotten about it, yeah. ironically. Mm-hmm. Or, but still sort of go, yeah, it's it's, it's really amazing. Because when it was made, the, how it was made and the things that Tom's already said, you know, highlighted it from being, you know, a bit different to other teen films and the reason why it's kind of still in people's minds and still recommended and still a lot of people love it is because it did kind of break the mould and do things a bit different. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure about some, some of the things in it. Oh, look at Kobe. I'm going for two and a half. Oh, you can do half points. Yeah, I yeah. Put as many as you want. Oh, wow. I don't... This was never my favourite John Hughes type film or teen film. Was it his first one? I think it might have been was, his first one. No, I don't think it's the first... It might have been the first one he directed. Yeah. Certainly not the first one He's he, in it as well. He's um uh, Brian's dad. Okay. Mm. He does a little Alfred Hitchcock bit. I noticed that this go round. But I don't think... I just didn't really enjoy it when I was a kid anyway. Mm-hmm. But then I think when I was a kid, I was just a bit more ironic to films. I just like films that had like a go from A to B and things like that. But um, this was like everyone in in their schoolroom not doing that much and talking a lot. So yeah. it didn't seem that interesting to me then. But now it's less interesting. Well, from even the baloney hitting the statue. I can't believe nobody's brought up the baloney <laughs> hitting the statue. I thought that was Because it makes a noise. <laughs> it goes... I'm going to watch you around the Parthenon Gallery. Yeah, you're just going to find loads of ham everywhere. You can flick things quite high up. Repeat viewing score, is he? Well, I really enjoyed watching it again. Like I say, the little details, like the um, E equals MC squared on the... on any little, you know, bits and bobs, you go, huh, it's, it's quite nice. So I enjoyed watching it again. So if you've only watched it once, definitely watch it again. I don't know if I'll watch it a third time for another few years, but so I'll give it another four. Okay. That sounds quite higher than you can explain. Okay, okay. Well, I'll give it a three then. If no, that's okay. <laughs> Tom? I think I'll give this a three. I think it bears repeat watching. You, you, If you've watched it once, watch it again and have a think while you're watching it. I personally won't watch it again. That sounds like less than a three. I'm oh, sorry, I shouldn't be... Well, I mean, I I be... <laughs> if, if I was suggesting to someone, I would say, yeah, you, you should watch this more than once. Right. But I feel like I'm never going to watch it again. Whereas I'm definitely watching Ferris Pooh's Day Off again. Yeah. On, on, on that. So that's, that's a two then. We, we, okay. We'll sorry, three two. was that. Sorry, I yeah. said a three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said three. Yep. On on F- Ferris, we we uh, there was a John Hughes round on the quiz, and we were sort of talking all things John Hughes. And yeah. One of our quiz mates, Gareth, said it's it's a terrible film because Ferris is such a dick. Yeah. Oh, he is an awful human being. Yeah. Yeah. He is, but but you said but you still really like that one. Yeah. yeah, he annoys me way more than... We were at the... went to the live recording at the London Podcast Festival. Hi, Zoe and Robert. Shout and out. They were talking... They talked they talk to me about Ferris Bueller and uh, Chris, 
who presents the uh, Ed Piper Empire Film Quiz, he said he really hated Ferris Bueller on that last time he watched it, which was quite recently. I still really like it. I've watched well, it, I watch it a few times a year. You watched it recently, recently? Yeah. yeah. Oh. I watched I, it about four years ago. I, I watch like it. Yeah. I do watch it like once a year. I mean, I the first time I watched it, I'd read conspiracy theories about it before I watched it. And mm. that made it better to watch, I think. So there's all these conspiracy theories about like, does Ferris actually exist or is he just a fever dream? And, you know, whether <laughs> bits of the film are real and bits are imagined. And I think when I watched I'm it, like that, I'm like, that. wow, this, like is, this is amazing. I think if I just watched it straight, it'd be less exciting. But I don't think it has the same, necessarily the troubling elements that this has for me. It's got a really nice house. But he is an it? awful human being. Yeah, he's horrible. Terrible. <laughs> it's all about Cameron for me. Now, one, yeah. one theory I heard was that it's like Fight Club where... Ferris is the, is a figment of Cameron's oh, imagination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the that's the the, that's the last the real scene is when he hangs up the phone, and then after that, it's just the the cold medicine for him. <laughs> <laughs> so Helen, re- repeat viewing. I'm not, I'm, I don't really want to watch it again. One and also it's it's making me think that maybe I'm not really a bigger John Hughes fan as I thought I was. Oh wow! So I don't know if I'm going to go delve yeah. delving into any more of his films. Sure. Yeah. I'm gonna. So you're gonna go for one. Yeah. And I'm gonna take on the mantle with the John Hughes there. <laughs> I think all of his films got a bit. They have got some kind of problematic leaning to them. Even like Home Alone's got like. Shadow <laughs> abandoned. Yes. Yeah, so like, <laughs> yeah. Those are terrible parents. Planes, trains, and automobiles. The Great Outdoors have got mm. some issues. So I don't. Know if, I don't know if it's one of those things about like the '80s being a bit like, hey, this is the '80s, and films like Coming to America wouldn't sit right now. So I don't know. If but then Tootsie, we'll go back to Tootsie, has lived up. So there are some films, but I don't know. I'm just not sure about John Hughes anymore. Okay. Small screen score. I don't think you lose anything. So five. Yep. I mean, I want I want I want an explanation of the small screen score. How small? Because I think <laughs> this can only go down to TV. I would not. Yeah, wa- I think on a mm. laptop or a phone. Laptop, you're fine. Yeah, you've got to have a better laptop than me. I think. I think iPad, you're fine. I think phone will be too small. But I think you know, phone. You know, what film can you watch on a phone? You should never watch a film on your phone. The amount of times I've seen people on the tube watching film and TV, I just think, what? I mean, if you've seen it before and it's one that you really like and it's in, you know, you find traveling and commuting quite stressful and you need to have like your little nice. But there are some films that you you quite happily watch when I go on a plane, for example. That's just because you can watch American films now. I, I don't think it makes. It's not the timing oh, of it. It's about just watching your f- films on your phone. No, no, it's it's just that size of screen, isn't it? That oh, you yeah. have on the, on the plane. It's mm. right in front of your face. So. Yeah, we can put. You can literally. I'm putting my face close to a laptop he screen, is. guys. He's L- a method. Five. He's a method watching a, a film on your phone is not what the filmmaker no, intended. Not at all. But we. Yeah. In yeah. terms of. I don't. Terms I don't of think it loses. I don't think it loses anything from from coming off the big screen. Yeah. I would love to see some of these 80s films on the big screen I've never had that chance I'm going to see Labyrinth on a big screen oh, that's Prince Charles Prince Charles Cinema I tell you no no uh, the uh, Greenwich Picture House okay Born mm. to be Wild I saw on the big screen that's really good yeah. yeah so having never seen it I'm going to say that I felt it lost nothing but I don't agree I could watch it on a laptop so I'm going to give it a four okay I'm also going to give it a four because it you know there's no great reason why you should, no... unless you want the collective experience of well, I no, I mean, if there was a really screen. sexy actor in it, you'd want it big. 
<laughs> so pretty much any film with Alan Rickman in is going to have a low small screen score for that reason. So you want giant men, not <laughs> like yeah. not normal size. I want to like be able to see at least every, twenty feet high. Every pore. That is basically what I want to see. <laughs> Die Hard on the big screen. That's basically what oh you want. Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. But you know, Harry Potter's too for that reason. <laughs> that reason alone. Four for Helen. Yeah. I'm five. Yeah. It's one of those where. The collective experience here, I don't think, would make any difference to me. Also, so. speak, you've got to have your headphones in for the music. You can't have on the I don't the think the music is going, that good. You can't do that. That's And also, if any film with Rickman in, you have to have nice headphones for very obvious voice. reasons. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Engagement score. It's like score. breaking chocolate. It's like, oh, it just makes you moist. Engagement score. <laughs> What does that mean? Does that mean if you're going to marry it? <laughs> what was that? How engaged? Did you check your phone? Did you? No, gosh. No. No. I you was, were I was totally absorbed. It. No. Well, to be honest, I was on on the sofa just watching it. Yeah. That's so, a pretty good engagement if you just. I'd I'll give it a four. Yeah. I give it two. Wow, you got bored. I got really bored throughout large sections of it, and then woke up for little bits, and then just oh, drifted that bored that you were, sl- you were sleeping. Just not I think really no, I don't listening. think I did fall asleep. I fell asleep during Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which is why I had to rewatch it. But no, I just I think it just lost me in long stretches, and yeah. then I would come back, and that's why I've got a kind of very there's maybe three or four scenes in my head, and the rest I couldn't tell you what happened. But like, I I quite like that about it because it is about detention. <laughs> you know, it is about I've that. Never been it in makes detention, you feel is he? so. Oh, wow, I've set a lot. I was going to say, do you never administer detention? Many, many times, okay. but that was fun Nerd. for me. So from no the, wonder fr- you identify with Brian. From a teacher's <laughs> point of view, and I'm, I'm going to preface this as well, because at my school I was a prefect in sixth form, Ooh. which meant I could give detentions, Ooh, which was weird. Wow. And I was like, why yeah. the fuck would I ever want to do that? So what, do as a teacher, what's the benefit of... Do you see the benefit in detention? And is it not a massive pain in the ass for you to actually administer? I We're going to go into a, detention. Yeah, so yeah. Helen's, Helen's a teacher as well. Yeah, no, I don't see the point of detention. It doesn't make any <laughs> sense. But we we could go into the finer points of like various types of punishment. But no, especially this one. The thing I don't get about this one, which maybe is a function of the eighties, is why aren't they allowed to do schoolwork? Yeah, because that's the point of detention. Is then you have to spend Sunday doing your schoolwork, so you do not get any time off. Yes, but then they should be allowed to do their schoolwork. But they no. are specifically told because you not. have that's that's because you're meant to do your schoolwork anyway. So. The punishment is doing what you're meant to do anyway. Yeah. Like when I had the detention... Brian's not allowed to do extra study. He but... has to write this essay, which I think is a fair essay question. And you know, realistically, when I was getting bored in this it's movie, what much I was better than it. yeah. But what what I had to do for detention was write out the dictionary, <laughs> <laughs> which is pointless for everyone. Exactly, but yeah. that's what detention is. That is the the point of it is that you are doing something where you're bored and wasting your time because you were bad. Because she wasted yeah. the naughty step. Time. Yeah, naughty I mean, step. I mean, you could get those kids to learn their alphabet, but you're not going to because they're angry and they need to think about what they did. I was supposed to set detentions where the children were not allowed to study, but I made them study my subject instead because I'm not wasting their time. I'm wasting my time. <laughs> or your thoughts on detention, Helen? You said, did you ever set detentions? Oh, I tried, but when you're teaching kids like that it's just pointless yeah. it's a waste of time we had three strikes and you're out and you got a lunch time yeah we, we, what they were called <laughs> I wish no. I'd say there'd be no kids left at that school exactly no we, we had we, we've given things called majors and if you got a major P that was lunch time and if you got a major major P that was every single lunch time you lost 
Well, the thing that used to, we had three strikes in one of the schools that I worked in, and it, it was, they were all six formers, and we used to give Saturday detentions and all sorts of nonsense. Oh. But we used to give a strike for wearing a coat indoors. So I just, and I was, it was my first job as a teacher, so I was being really strict and making sure, and I was, people got all in detention because they wore a coat indoors in winter. Yeah, some rules are just bollocks. Yeah, and then they were all crawling around in the roof and burning each other. And yeah. Well, at your school or no, in no, here? That, that we was did. Parodying breakfast. the breakfast club. I was going to say. Yeah. Well. <laughs> that was my school. It's true to life. We what, had the a... school you went to or the school you taught at? The school I taught at. And that's why you left teaching. Yes. Don't go into teaching, kids. Never, never be a teacher. Don't do it. Don't do it. No, be a teacher. We need teachers. Good. No, no, you don't need teachers. Nope. You can learn it all no. on Wikipedia. Yeah, exactly. Internet. Engagement score, Helen? Two. Two. Uh yeah, I thought it was a lot more fun. It's it's pretty boring. Yeah, I I think I was more engaged than you because I was like, I don't think I'd seen it for mm, best part of twenty time. years. Basically, like I said, I didn't really like it the first time, and I wanted to make sure that you were right. I, that was right, and that was I was. So what does that give it then? Oh, just over a three. Three point one five. We have got some Twitter comments on this. Oh, so okay, you... let's have a look. Bear we gave a, a shout out to. The Twitter sphere and asked people to um, give us a little review and their. I should have done this. Star rating. That's the thing. I've been defending this film more than I probably would have just because I nominated it. <laughs> there is, there is, there is a, that a thing you want to do that. It. Yeah. Then my baby. Exactly. I brought this out onto the table. Not you feel be. like it's a reflection of yourself, don't you? Before I rewatched it. I was quite looking forward to revisiting it and sort of going, yeah, yeah, I like this film. It's a, I think but it's quite a pretty film. I don't know. So, and I like do you want to the read ending. Yeah, let's uh, let's see what uh, people of the internet are saying. So we asked people on on to listen out, guys. For every 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 so often, we'll let you know what we're going to review, and we shout out on Twitter. And we asked people, we're reviewing the Breakfast Club. Have you seen it? We'd love to hear your thoughts and include them in our podcast on Flixwatcher. And we asked people to give a five-star rating and a short review. So we've got a few people. Nice, we've got a five-star at the top. So, Helen? So, Death by Film, at Death by Film Pod, gives it five stars. One of John Hughes's best, a classic without the cliques. I think, no, about cliques. Oh, about, sorry, I haven't got my glasses yeah. on. Do you want me to read them? <laughs> yeah, oh. Go on, well, A Beardo Talks film, nice. Four stars, an 80s classic, great characters, fun film, just behind Ferris Bueller in my book. And so. then we have Bobby Bogart. Do you want to take this one, Tom? Yes, yeah, so Bobby Bogart says, I also really like the interplay between the janitor and the vice principal. Yeah. Janitor called out the VP's ethics and bullying behavior. Great scene. I mean, because the principal and Bender are basically the same character. <laughs> I mean, interestingly... And he wears the 70s. Bobby also yeah. asked, why didn't Judd Nelson become a superstar? He was mm. so good in that flick. Yeah, but he was a terrible person by all accounts, of... which does matter. It's amazing how many there are. You know, in every industry, there are very, very good, talented people who aren't particularly rewarded. Yeah, so because and it's largely down to because they don't do the other side of things very well. I don't know if that's the case with Judd. Judd's not Avatar. <laughs> Nelson. Nelson. So Twitter seems quite favourable. Yep, yeah, that's right. Well, yeah. But that doesn't surprise me. I think that's this film. People love nostalgia. Yeah. yeah. And they forget. It's like childbirth, this film. Don't you? You go away and you think, I'd do that again. Forget about me. <laughs> Guys. The I irony. Think. And that's a great place to end, I think. <laughs> <laughs>
let us know where we can find you online so we can link to you in the show notes and stuff cool if you go to iszi that's izzy.com you'll find out all about me and my podcasts my babies listen to them all you can find me on twitter i'm at tom underscore gilliford or you can find me on instagram at tom gilliford or you can just google tom gilliford bake off and then you can read wonderful articles that the daily mail wrote, wrote about me oh, <laughs> oh good nice. and you can you could also look at pictures of his instagram because that is really tasty <laughs> tasty food no no just him naked is, good. <laughs> <laughs> is that allowed on instagram <laughs> bye bye, bye. Hi guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode. We had a lot of fun doing it. Please do check out all the details in the show notes to find out all the details about our guests, where to find them on Twitter, where to find their website, where to harass them. Don't harass them because they're very nice people. <laughs> Thank you very much to our editors as always. Toby is the main guy who, who helms and carves our voices. And also hellos to Tony, Jay and Greg and everyone else at GL Productions who we haven't met yet. Of course, Please big up mighty people for the tunes you can hear now. And at the start of the podcast, please don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes. Find us on Twitter at Flixwatcher Pod and visit our website, flitswatcher.tv.